This is a Suno India production and you're listening to Science and Us. While the world waits for the coronavirus vaccine, United States has already rolled out its first shots to its frontline workers. Staying with the UK and Britain is due to begin its rollout of the world's first coronavirus immunizations using the BioNTech Pfizer vaccine today. How did the vaccine come so quickly? Is the vaccine safe? Whose vaccine should I take? First Britain and then the US. Both these countries have started the mass vaccination campaigns against the coronavirus. All this within a year of the pandemic breaking. People are used to a slow pace of science. A vaccine takes anywhere from 5 to 10 years to be made. Since everything is moving at a fast pace, there are many questions. We are doing a two-part series on the questions related to vaccine development and administration. Hi, I'm Menaka Rao, the host of this episode. In the first episode of the series, we will explain the various stages of clinical trials and how it is different this time around. We also address the concerns related to the possible long-term side effects of these vaccines. For this series, we spoke to several experts in the past few months. Let's go to our first question. How can the vaccine be developed so fast? What is the due process that needs to be followed? We first need to understand how the COVID-19 vaccines were developed so quickly. A lot of the quick success comes from the fact that scientists have been working on coronaviruses for more than a decade. This includes work on SARS-CoV-1 and MERS, that is the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome. Some also worked on the vaccines. This July, my colleague, Padmapriya spoke to Dr. Shahid Jamil, who is currently the director of Trivedi School of Biosciences at Ashoka University in Gurgaon, where he explained this process. The question is, how come so many vaccines got developed so quickly? And uh, the reason for that is that people have been researching vaccines, people have been developing those platforms. So the DNA platform was available, the viral vector platforms have been available. And, uh, you know, people who have been working on these platforms very quickly stitch together the genetic components of the new virus into those vectors and produce vaccines. So it's really sustained efforts of scientists uh, around the world who have created these platforms that have led to this really explosion in vaccinology that we see today. So science has helped find competitive vaccine candidates. The second part of the question is the process. I spoke to Amar Jaisani, an expert and teacher in bioethics and public health. He's also one of the founders of Indian Journal of Medical Ethics. He explained the four stages of clinical trials and their significance. Dr. Jaisani explained that the vaccines are first tested on animals before human trials begin. After the animal testing, the first phase is simply to check if the vaccine is safe. The first phase of uh, clinical trial is the most important for us. Because uh, if uh, a totally new substance is given to the human being and it reacts very badly, then uh, uh, you know the a, a perfectly healthy person may get uh, injured or may die. Once it is proven to be safe, 
then you can talk about its uh, its effect on the disease or its the effect on prevention of the disease needless to say if the drug is not safe the trials are called off the second stage looks at immunogenicity dr jisani explains what immunogenicity means the basic principles of uh, for vaccine development is that when it is given to the body body looks at it as an antigen which is similar to the to the disease organism that you want to fight against and so body develops antibodies against it second phase where you want to find out the immunogenicity that is the antibody development against the against the vaccine that you have given right where slightly larger number of people are tested so far so good right but this is not enough to show that a vaccine helps prevent disease we need to measure efficacy how is that done so the uh, phase 3 is on the large number and what they try to find out is that in the actual uh, field condition are people protected from the disease right you get infected once you get infected body develops you know antibodies and tries to stop the disease from taking place or even if the disease takes place in the body it tries to ensure that it remains mild and self limiting it does not become moderate or severe which uh, becomes life threatening to the person phase 3 is done on a large sample running into tens of thousands of people said dr jesani usually the studies are undertaken on various sites to incorporate people with different biological makeups and living with different kinds of health systems or economic backgrounds phase 3 is also double blind meaning half the people in the trial get a vaccine that is the intervention arm and half get placebo which is the control arm both the trial participants nor the people administering the solution know which arm the trial participants are in it was after phase 3 that you heard headlines like these in what could be a potential breakthrough in the battle against covid a vaccine developed by pfizer and biontech has shown a 90% efficacy rate in a trial with more than 43000 participants what does 90% efficacy mean and just keep in mind do not confuse it with efficiency that is a completely different concept if those who are getting uh, placebo that is uh, no vaccine if large number of them are getting infection as compared to those who are getting uh, you know vaccine then you have come to a conclusion that uh, this vaccine is working because it is preventing disease as compared to 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 those who are in the in, in the control arm or in the placebo arm this provides you the extent to which the protection is provided and that extent the degree of protection is called efficacy so you can say that well as compared to placebo 60% are protected or 70 protected 90 protected this figures that you are seeing is all comparative figure they are not absolute figure they are in comparison to the disease that is found in the in in, in the placebo arm so this is the three phases which determines whether uh, a, a, a new substance a vaccine is uh, really having efficacy or not efficacy is a comparative figure it is determined under laboratory conditions this data has been presented to drug regulators of the world for emergency use authorization that is to administer it to the masses there is still more to this answer bear with me phase 4 remember in phase 4 you study variables where you weigh potential harms versus the strengths of the vaccine 
such as cost effectiveness. This helps determine how the government can administer the vaccine. From the efficacy, you have to test the effectiveness. Because if in a population, if some, some uh, uh, say, infection is, uh, is uh, very minuscule, then you cannot uh, uh, use a vaccine to vaccinate the entire population. It is useless. Because you are putting so much of things and, and exposing so many people of at least some harm, potential harm, uh, while uh, only few people are going to be protected. You also have to look at cost effectiveness, that what is the cost of the vaccine? And when you prevent the disease, what would be the benefit to the society? So all those things, are, studies are done after efficacy is found out and decided whether it should be used for the full population or it should be given to only certain kind of population who are more vulnerable to that kind of infection or disease. After third phase, you may get license to market it, but whether the government would like to give it to everybody or not would depend upon the effectiveness rather than you know, just efficacy. So if it is going to such a large number of people, are there some, uh, say, side effects, what we call the adverse events or, or safety concerns, which were not captured in, in 20,000, may manifest in, in, in a billion? And if they are manifesting, how frequently they are manifesting? Now, all this thing needs to be found out. So it has to, it is done normally by using a phase four one is uh, they try to have what is called pharmacovigilance program. Now, pharmacovigilance program is, uh, is a program where they monitor different kind of populations where a report comes about any kind of uh, cases of adverse events there. In addition, they also do certain studies, you know, in order to determine if it is having certain uh, more uh, uh, problem there. Some scientists have said that most side effects develop a few weeks after administering the vaccine. So by now we should have a good idea. Dr. Jesani said that we can never be so sure. For instance, in 2009, one of the first variant of the flu vaccine developed rapidly after the H1N1 influenza pandemic caused necrolepsy after mass vaccination. Necrolepsy is a chronic neurological disorder where the body is unable to regulate sleeping cycles. In science, you can never prejudge anything. In science, you always wait for the evidence. You can say that, well, as of now, given current evidence, the vaccine is safe. Go ahead and take it. Accept few precautions that you may require, you know, for anaphylactic and allergic issues and all. Uh, it seems to be all right. But it depends upon, you know, what evidence you have. You may say that, well, it is good now, but I don't know. After six months, it may not be. I would not venture that kind of uh, stuff. It would be speculative. It could be just to give you and people, uh, you know, confidence that your vaccine is going to be all right for all the time. No, I can't say it. I can't say it. Are you very sure the vaccine makers have not missed any steps? Has the trial passed all the hoops required? How can the different phases of the trial be run parallelly? In some cases, phases of trials were run parallelly. For instance, Bharat Biotech vaccine was given permission to run phase 1 and phase 2 parallelly. Is that legitimate? I asked Dr. Jasani. Now coming to the larger question, 
that you have uh, asked about uh, this whole uh, uh, speeding up the trial. You know, it is well known as Operation Warp Speed. Warping. Warping means, as you said, that we are trying to combine the phases. You are not trying to bypass the phases. And they, that is, I think, uh, uh, a strong point made by regulators and, uh, and the companies saying that we are not bypassing phases. We are not cutting the corners. We are speeding up the thing. So what they do is that, uh, 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 is that when you are doing a phase one, you prepare for the phase two. You just have uh, everything ready. Otherwise, what normally is done, phase two is, do is done, phase one is done, you analyze the whole data, and uh, then you design the phase two. Again, go back to the, to the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, regulator, get permission, and then prepare all the phase two uh, centers and all. So that way it takes time. So say, okay, in anticipation of the previous phase becoming successful, you design the phase, next phase ready so that as soon as the data are analyzed, you are able to go to the next phase. That way you cut down the time. That was the whole idea. The other ways of cutting the time for a trial is a bridging trial, like the one Serum Institute is conducting with its AstraZeneca vaccine. This takes a smaller sample size in India. The logic is that the vaccine has already been tested in a bigger population. But what about the long-term effects? The vaccine trials have barely lasted a year. While the vaccines that have been approved have cleared the three phases, but Dr. Jaisani said that one of the concerns is that the phase three trial is much shorter. Yeah, what normally they do it in a vaccine trial is that the phase three is a longer one than uh, only two months as uh, it was done in this case. What will have, they will have to do now is that uh, they will have to, uh, you know, follow up cohorts of uh, people who took vaccine for the next one year or two years to see whether they are developing uh, any, uh, any new, uh, uh, you know, side effects or, or, or adverse events. But they will not have uh, active control to find out, you know, to compare with that. They will have to use what we call historical control. Dr. Jaisani argues that phase 3 is unique. This is because it has a control and interventional arm that lets scientists compare the impact of vaccine as against a placebo. A longer phase 3 trial would give better data to understand efficacy. It is not replaceable with a phase 4 where everyone is being given the vaccine. Now, once everybody gets it, you get some, some information about the long-term consequences, but it is a part of the phase four, not as a part of the phase three. But that is not sufficient to actually find out all these long-term sequelae of, uh, of use of the vaccine will be there. But that uh, data will remain somewhat deficient uh, in coming time. Perhaps uh, they may find some other way, scientific way, of, uh, of capturing that kind of data. Uh, by having certain specialized uh, phase 4 trials. But they will have to do some methodological innovation to see that the uh, long-term uh, effect of the vaccine is captured properly. So even if some vaccine candidates are, have been cleared for mass vaccination, the drug regulators have to find a way of instituting studies that can help get more data to understand the long-term effect of these vaccines. 
In the next episode, we will explain the processes involving emergency use authorization of the vaccine and the various concerns related to the transparency of companies during the trials. Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.